Welcome back to another episode of Heart on the Hill. As always, I'm your host, Micah Hart. Thanks for tuning in today. It's great to be here with you on this show and just get to talk about all the politics that's happening this week. There's so much political news right now, especially given the state of our country, the state of the nation, and, well, of course, we have the State of the Union this week. So without further ado, let's get to it. Now, this first story I'm going to talk to you about is something I've been covering for a few weeks now. It's a story that has really engulfed a lot of the media's attention and just been huge. And, of course, it's on the infamous George Santos. Now, if you don't recall, Santos is a new congressman from New York. Now, everyone is fascinated by his story right now because, well, it seems to be all a lie. I mean, we've heard things about his resume being a lie, the death of his mother and how that happened. There's a lot there. But on top of that, there has been a new thing brought up against Santos, and that is a charge of theft back in 2017. Now, the New York congressman had an issue with puppies that were being bought in the Amish in Amish country. Now, according to Politico, several checks amounting to over $15,000 were written in his name and days after Santos held an event for his animal rescue charity in Staten Island. The charge was dismissed and his record was expunged eventually, with Santos claiming that his checkbook had been stolen. Now, there's a lot to unpack here, and that's just a, a, a short amount of everything that happened. And I just wanted to give you the basic facts of what we know thus far in this rather crazy story that continues to develop day after day. I mean, there's not a day where I don't see his name in the news, you know? He's always in the news, and that's... Sometimes it's a good thing to be in the news, but a lot of the time, it's not great. And Representative Santos continually has shown that he does not deserve to be a congressman. The people who voted for him voted for something that's not real. They voted for a person that doesn't exist. The George Santos they voted for is not the George Santos that's in Congress. And we can always say, you know, members of Congress change. Yeah, but this is a complete lie. He lied on the campaign trail. He fibbed some things. And, you know, these are big things, too. It's not like just a little joking matter. There's a lot there that was lied about and or just imagination. It's just ridiculous. And... You know, people are like, well, he hasn't done anything wrong. Like, there's no charges. Well, look at this. Let's look at this now. This is a case. This is something bad. This is a crime to me. It's a crime. And it should be dealt with by the Republican Party. And look, as I say, I'm a strong conservative voice. I believe in the policies that the right has really adopted. However... I am more than willing to call out my own party when something like this happens because it's not right and actions need to be taken. I don't care who it is, right or left, Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever the person may be. They should all be held to a certain standard as members of Congress. And that's what I care about is a standard of decency, a moral standard, a certain ethics to be in Congress that we've seen just go out the window these last several years, just continually be thrown out the window by both parties. And it's ridiculous and disgusting, especially this case of Representative Santos. 
Now, as you already heard me say in my introduction, this week was a big week for President Biden as he delivered the State of the Union address this past Tuesday. And I will tell you something. It was something to say the least. So if you didn't watch it, well, you're in luck because I'm going to walk you through some big parts of it that I think are crucial to understanding where the president is and where the country is heading. So first off, the president discussed numerous topics, including COVID-19, saying this. And two years ago, COVID had shut down. Our businesses were closed. Our schools were robbed of so much. And today, COVID no longer controls our lives. Now, I found this very interesting that he brought up COVID-19, but specifically... As the New York Times reported seven days ago, the president's administration is ending the COVID-19 public health emergency in May. Now, my question is, why has it not already ended? And that's my question for President Biden. Why keep this title in place if everything seems to be better and America's moving on from COVID-19. Why wait until May? What What's the need? And apparently, though, the New York Times reports that the, the, new, the Biden team wants to give hospitals, health care providers, and other officials time to prepare for the changes. Now, I understand that it's a, it will be a lot to move out of this time. It was a significant chunk of our last few years, three years or so. It's been a significant deal. However, COVID-19 has started to dwindle and it's been doing that for months now. So why is he waiting till now to say, okay, we're going to end it, but we're going to end it in May. It needs to be ended. Enough is enough. And while certain restrictions have already been lifted, the whole thing just needs to be brought up and we need to move on as a nation. This issue is what's given the executive and given members of Congress, given authorities too much power over our lives to just remember back to what happened during the lockdowns. We were stuck at home and there were government officials going on trips, going on vacation, doing whatever the heck they wanted because of their power. And that is disgusting and abhorrent. They should be held to the same laws, to the same standard that we, the people, are held to. And that's not happening. And it needs to happen. And it connects right back to the Santos story. Our members need to be held accountable. Our president needs to be held accountable. This emergency should end now, President Biden. It should end now. Not tomorrow. Not the next day. Not even a month from now. It should end now. And, you know, I'm sure there's more logistics that go into it than that. But it needs to be ended immediately. Because what we're seeing is just this desire for power right now and it's not okay and the president legislative body need to be held accountable now shifting a bit i want to focus still on this speech that the president gave on tuesday but also he talked about the state of democracy and he even said this. And two years ago, democracy faced its greatest threat to the Civil War, and today, though bruised, our democracy remains unbowed and unbroken. Now, it's very interesting to me to hear the president say these words. So I want to I wanna bring you back to what President Biden said in a speech 
just a few months back. Listen to how divisive, how dividing his rhetoric is. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. This all continued throughout the State of the Union address. It, it truly was ridiculous, in my honest opinion. We have a president who says he's going to build back better. We're going to build America. We're going to create a White House that has unity. We're going to create a place of bringing America back together after what he believes was just the threat to democracy under the Trump administration. But is he actually trying to unify when he says things like this in his comments from back a few months ago? Is unity even something the president wants? And my answer is no, it's not something he wants. And he's being very clear about that by what he says. And if he does want it, he's doing it in the wrong way. And somebody needs to tell him he's doing that. And his writers should all be fired if, if he's saying, I want unity. And they're writing that because there's none of that there. And I don't mean to get fired up about something like this, but enough is enough. The standard to which people are held needs to be equal. Republicans and Democrats need to be held to the same standard. And President Biden is dividing this country in many ways. His rhetoric is extremely divisive. When you call half the country a threat to democracy, how is that uniting the people? That's just adding fuel to the fire. And he know he didn't have to say we, we have this bruised democracy, but he did. And he knows why he did it. There's a reason to every word that they, the president says. Everyone has a purpose for what they say. We all say things to have purpose and meaning behind it. I'm not just going to say something like, oh, there's no meaning behind that. Of course there's meaning behind it. I said it. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't say it. And that's what's going on here. And we need, we need to have this conversation about unity. And I'm all for unity, believe me. I think that we need to be the truly the United States of America where we can come together at the end of the day and just have conversations, even if we don't agree. But President Biden has made it very clear that that's not what he's here to do. We've seen it with his administration, the far left policies he's enacting. It's not an America for you and me. It's an America for the woke mob. It's an America for the far left.
It's not an America that the middle or the right can call home or even moderate lefts. It's an America that is unrecognizable from the America we used to have. An America where it was okay to say, I am proud to be an American. Now that's just looked at. An America now that we pit children against each other. We try to pit children against each other. And that's what the response to the Republican, the Republican response to this, given by Republican Governor Sarah Cobie Sanders, really argues. She argues that look at the America that Joe Biden has created. Here, take a listen to Governor Huckabee Sanders. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. I mean, she truly hit at what Republican values are and how they relate to the values of the American people. And I'm really thankful she did that because American values are so much more than a far left value system. The far left wants division. They want chaos. Joe Biden isn't uniting us. He doesn't have the values of the American people. American people are struggling and President Biden hasn't done anything. I mean, you look at the crises. Look what's going on at the border. Look at the Chinese space balloon. He's putting our country in danger. And we can barely mention that. Instead, we're going to have this divisive rhetoric. Instead of actually getting things done and putting the American people, his constituents, first. Enough is enough. This has happened too long now. The people need to be heard and the people deserve to be heard. His job is to represent and serve the people. And I'm wondering if he's truly doing that properly. And if he, as most of DC is, is out of touch with American people. And I think he is. And I think almost every politician is. American people are struggling. American people deserve better. America deserves better. This country deserves to continue to be the beacon of freedom and liberty that it has been and needs to be for this world. In America, people are supposed to be able to come here and live out the American dream. And nowadays we wonder, is that dream even possible? Can people achieve that with hard work, even working hard day in and day out? Is it still plausible? And that's why I really want to focus on what um, the governor, Huckabee Sanders, she says later on, she went on to discuss the need for younger and new Republican leadership. Take a listen. It's time for a new generation of Republican leadership. I think that this is the America that we need. Young, new leadership from the Republican Party that puts the American people first, that puts we the people back in charge that makes sure that we unite that makes sure that america 
is and will always be a place of freedom and opportunity, a place where you can build something for yourself and your family, where you can be somebody you want to be and look that you are proud of. America is a place of opportunity, but that needs to be held dear. That needs to be protected. That is something that we need to work on and continue to protect. And I do truly think that new leadership is needed. We need a young generation to come in and lead. And lead with American pride. And lead with a a knowledge of what the American people need and the American people deserve. Because right now... America isn't looking like the America that I honestly think it should be. It's just looking like a crazy place where there are two political trenches and nobody talks and nobody gets things done and nobody benefits and people struggle. People hurt. People will continue to hurt. Until we have common sense measures back in D.C. that put the American people, you, first. You and me deserve to be heard by our representatives and our senators and our president. We elect them. Remember that. We can always give them the boot on their next election. So what they're the incumbent. So what they've been there for eight years and they know what they're doing. There are other people too. Don't always be concerned with, well, they've been there. They should just stay there. Instead, think, are they serving me? Are they serving my neighbor? Are they serving a country that I will be proud of? Are they making this country better? And are they creating an America that will be good and strong for future generations of Americans? That's what we need to focus on. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Heart on the Hill. I am so thankful that you decided to tune in and listen. Today was really just a great day to just talk about the State of the Union. And, you know, I may say that the State of the Union is struggling and divided. But still, America is a great nation. And America is worth fighting for. And America still remains the greatest country on earth. And I believe that. I believe America stands as a beacon of hope and liberty and opportunity and freedom. It just needs to be embraced, needs to be fought for, and needs to be protected. Well, that's all for today. You've been listening to Heart on the Hill on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. Thank you.